Welcome to the Remote Nomad Podcast. This is your weekly escape from the nine to five grind. Every week we interview industry experts from around the globe on remote work, landing a remote job, the digital nomad lifestyle, and mastering your mindset. Prepare to be inspired as you learn how to create a lifestyle with more freedom and flexibility. I'm your host and remote career coach, Kate Smith. Before we dive into today's episode, if you've been struggling with creating a resume for remote jobs, then make sure you download the free remote resume checklist. It's going to show you how to create a top tier resume so you can transform it into an interview generating machine. See the link in the show notes to download this free offer or head over to the remotenomad.com slash free gift. Our guest today is a remote work evangelist. He's a driving force behind the growth and spread of the remote work movement across the entire world with the Digital Nomad Village. He's essentially taken a location not common for remote workers and perhaps even unknown, Madeira Island in Portugal, and transformed it into a digital nomad hotspot, ranking number four on nomad list. He's here building a community of digital nomads focused on positive local impact and connections. He's the man behind Remote Work Movement, Future of Work Conferences, Remote Portugal and Remote Europe, and the host of the Remote Movement Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome our guest today, Gonzalo Hall. Gonzalo, welcome. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so happy and so happy to be here and speaking with you. You are always amazing. I am so excited for our talk today. You have been up to some impressive stuff. I remember we first connected years ago. It's been some some time now, and I remember way back when you reaching out, being like, "Okay, I w- I'm gonna, I want to go remote. I'm gonna go remote." And now here you are, just leading this movement. And I can't believe just even oh all this stuff that you've you've been doing in the in since then we have so much to cover today and i'm so excited to just dive into it all today for those listening that aren't super familiar with you why don't we start with just your journey of going remote and then we can dive into everything that you've been up to since then perfect so since i'm a kid i always wanted to move from place to place i studied in seven schools out of 12 years i studied in three universities out of five years and my driving force was always to find out how is life there there being croatia bali etc i was always curious even when traveling how it how, how should be life here what what about what if i just lived here for six months and back then I had no idea about digital nomadism or about remote work, but then I read an article while I was working for a sports betting company about digital nomads. And for me, it was like mind-blowing experience. What? These guys can work from a computer and travel, so I don't have to find a job anywhere I go. That's perfect. And so, yeah, just dig deep into it. And that's when I found you as well. Uh, meanwhile, I actually moved to Germany. I had a very good job offer for going to Germany to restart my life. I'm Portuguese. Salaries are not great in Portugal, but they were much better in Germany. So I moved to Germany, got a nine to five job, but I got bored. And and my 30th birthday, I was like super depressed because I had this corporate job. I think a lot of people just to go with this message. I had a corporate job. Life was good. I had my girlfriend thought about having kids, but I was bored. And so I decided to quit everything, then changed my career, went to Poland as an expat, learned all about email marketing. But then I was in the email marketing company called GetResponse. And then, yes, I started as a freelancer. I freed myself, fired myself, bought my ticket to Bali. What a crazy story. And everybody did the same. Bought my ticket to Bali. Meanwhile, I got two jobs. 
And as soon as I bought my ticket to Bali, uh, suddenly I had two job offers full time so I could be safer. And yeah, so that was my journey to start working remotely, moved to Bali, working remotely for a remote startup, got bored after nine months, launched my own thing. And after two years, here we are now with uh, way too many projects for the number of hours we have in a day. <laughs> I cannot believe all of the things that you've been up to recently. Um, I think your story is, I think a lot of people can relate to that, just really wanting to explore and see new places. And a lot of times that comes with restrictions of vacation time or having to get a new job. And you've not only made this work for you, but you've really been a driving force behind this movement now so tell me about this digital nomad village that you're creating and that you've created and and i'm really excited to to hear more about this because for a really long time remote work wasn't super popular or known and there were only a few key locations where digital nomads could really go and thrive and now to see countries not only recognizing remote work, but embracing it. And the fact that you have got this whole city on board to embrace digital nomads and it's really taken off. Tell me about this journey and, and the digital nomad village that you've created. I'll tell you even the backstory, meaning three years ago, I wrote this project three years ago, not from Madeira, for a small village in the mountains of Italy called Penabili. I was there in the Erasmus Plus project called Entre Ruralship, and it was about how to restart villages that were completely empty all around the world. Specifically in Europe, we have thousands and thousands of empty villages where people just left to work in big cities. And on the, on the other side, as a digital nomad, I always travel between communities. I say always, people don't believe me, I don't travel to places, I travel to communities. The reason I went to Changu and I love Changu in Bali is not because Changu is amazing, it is, it's because there is a great community there. There is a lot of amazing places. I'm not going there because there is no communities. On the other side, Chiang Mai, like super basic place. It, it's amazing because of the community and all the other places, even Lisbon, although I'm from Lisbon, so I'm a little bit biased about Lisbon. So taking this two into consideration, I, I believe that we should use remote work and digital nomadism is just a, per, a percentage of remote work. We should use remote work to allow people to move back to the villages where they can live into communities, being happier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Digital nomadism is the first step to achieve this goal, to be honest. So it's, digital nomads are just usually very early adopters of, of anything we, we do and, and on the places we go. So I want to use digital nomadism to repopulate the village, to restart, to make them understand that the mass tourism is not the way. There's actually a sustainable way of tourism that can help your village both economically but socially as well. And if you can own the whole impact we have in the education of the people around here. These people here never heard about remote work. Can I work for the US? No, I have to get the job or I have to immigrate to the US or to Portugal mainland. And now they are hearing all these crazy digital nomads working from here to companies all around the world. Well, if these guys can do, I can do also. So that's the whole idea behind it, using remote work and digital nomadism to repopulate villages. The only way to do it successfully is to create communities. That's it. That's the only secret I have, which is not a secret anymore. I tell this to everyone. It's not about creating digital nomad visas. And I know you were very involved with the Estonian one, but Estonia is just, the guys are just amazing. That's a startup country. They are doing great. But all the other countries that created digital nomad visas, like Croatia, like Barbados, etc., what they miss is that it's not about the visa. The visa can help. It's not about the visa. 
if, I'll give you the example of Croatia. I love Croatia. I've been there four times. I think they have a huge potential. But again, it's not about the visa. You go to Croatia, you as an American or a Canadian will do the visa to go in Croatia. And then what? Where are you going? Where are you meet? Where are you working from? There is no communities yet. They have to work on that. So we did the other way around. We don't have any visas. So we just created the community in the place that was built around community. Villages were nothing less than built around the local community. That's how the villages were made. And I'll even let the, the bell go because it's part of the village. We have a bell. It's a Christian village. It's Portugal. It's beautiful. And it comes with it. And it's okay. So yeah just the thing i did from the beginning was focusing on community i want to create a community where i would love to move into and i have several great examples where i'm not a genius at all i just follow the examples in the places i love the most i love chango as you said as you know i love outpost i love dojo i think those guys are incredible community leaders making bali what is today on the other side i love places like bansko bansko is a small village in the mountains of bulgaria that created an insane community that matthias is managing and the guy is really really good in managing his community and then all these other places like the Canary Islands with Nacho Rodriguez also with Nomad City Conference all these people are inspired me to put everything together to be honest I just took the best of them all and created everything and my vision into this village here in Madara called Ponto do Sol yeah and you've also done all of this during COVID, which is also extremely impressive because this has been a huge success. This, this whole, this whole takeoff and it's really been well received. What was that like launching this? Did you, did you, what were you thinking doing this during COVID? Like, how did you manage that? And yeah, what was that part like? There is two sides to it. On one side, there's a positive side, which is COVID was an accelerator for many people before COVID, we had 10, 50% of full-time employees uh, inside the community. Now in here, I have 50 to 60% of the people here are employees and that's okay. Uh, but just there is a huge shift and there's a lot of new people that wanted to start trying it out and they chose a community to start because they know that it's a safe place. And uh, so that was the positive side. Actually, COVID was accelerator, probably to be very hard to start this and to have the big welcome that we had from the local community if there was no COVID. And things will take maybe five years like it took Matthias to, to start Bansko and to be successful in Bansko. So that's a positive side, of course. On the ne negative side, well, first there is a which is not very good for everyone uh, people are a bit scared of being uh, in parties and so and the, even the locals are some locals are a bit scared of these people coming here but to be honest we are very very lucky to be in Madeira because Madeira since the reopening back in June has this amazing system of welcoming meaning if you come here directly, you can do the free test on arrival. They will offer you a PCR test on arrival to make sure that you are negative. So you have to quarantine for 10 hours. You receive the test. Hopefully it's negative and you can go out to your life and enjoy Madeira free of charge. And they did this since back in June. Well, most of the countries never applied this. Um, the rules in Madeira, when all the countries have, now have a lockdown in Europe, the Madeira said, we are not closing again. We are doing a curfew instead. So instead of closing the economy like Portugal did, for example, with the same number of rise on cases, Madeira decided, no, we will keep the economy open but we'll create new rules. So they install this curfew at 7 p.m. to avoid the big parties in the evening, to avoid the big social gatherings. But 
the, the economy is working. So you can still eat lunch outside. You can still go to the beach. You can still enjoy life. You just need to be home at seven, which for me, it's a very good trade-off, to be honest. Instead of being close in my apartment in Lisbon, I can enjoy life until seven. Then I go home. I can have a calm dinner and enjoy the next day, which is perfect. Um, so we were very lucky to be in Madeira. I think this would not work as good if you were, for example, in the mainland in Portugal, in Lisbon, where there is, it's, there is so much instability and that they change ideas every week that it becomes hard to plan anything. Again, Madeira is very stable. The only rule they changed from June was due to the high rise of cases because of Christmas. We had a lot of immigrants coming in, so they had to create this curfew to make sure that cases go down, which they are, and hopefully they will actually reopen soon. Uh, but it's super stable. So I never had issues with changing rules. The rules were always the same since I signed the contract back in December. Never the rules changed. And this stability allows people like, uh, like as entrepreneurs to actually create something remarkable because people are not afraid of coming here. They understand the rules are not perfect. You still need to go home at seven, but hey, the rest of the world is locking down. So it's quite good. It's a quite a good deal. So yeah, COVID, I think it was an accelerator. And to be honest, like we spent zero euros in marketing. It was about all about word of mouth. Um, so it was just an accelerator of these guys are not just creating a nomad visa. They are creating a community during COVID and it's being successful. But it was with all the, all the positives and the negatives, it ended up being a huge opportunity that Madara knew how to take. And they were very smart in investing in the project and the returns are insane. Absolutely. So yeah, this is making me think of so many questions I have. We talk about community a lot. So to you, what what is required to create this great sense of community for digital nomads? Just first having a community manager is essential. You need someone to lead the community. Like in, in Bali, you feel the same, like the co-working spaces are leading the community in the right direction and everybody follows it. And here's the same, we have a very, a very good community leader that hopefully will get other people into board, but it's just creating events, creating opportunities for people to connect, uh, introduce people to the space, uh, help people with any questions they have around Madeira, visas, etc. Or even if you don't know, you don't have to know everything. I'm not from Madeira just direct people, make partnerships to people that actually know what they are talking about. And to be honest, it's just that, just the ability to connect people, that bringing people together, then creating things that people want, like we have um, Skillshare events, we have yoga, we have CrossFit, we go for swimming every day and whatever people ask, we'll try to do. So the key is just being very, very people-centric and make sure that you deliver and then it's just connection. And after one, two months, you go to that very beautiful period of a community builder, which is they are organizing the events by themselves. So if you want to organize an event about remote work or remote, a remote company or whatever, Bitcoin, whatever it is, you just talk with us and we will make it happen. And now they're organizing events for themselves, getting together and brainstorming and creating amazing events that I'm just there at, to just watch and it's beautiful. So that's where you want to go. Uh, make people build their own things, what they want to see they are building, which is exactly what I did with the whole community. So it's it's surprisingly simple, just a lot of work, and you need a person in the center of all the process. Yeah, that's amazing. It, it really seems like you've set up a, a place where there's that ease of transition for digital nomads to know, okay, I have the support, I have the guidance, I know the community's there, I have these experts that can help me navigate life here and, and coming here as a remote worker. And I think that's really huge because 
especially for, for so many years, there's been so many gray areas and lack of clarity, which is why these, these digital nomad hotspots have, have come up because they're the easiest to integrate into. And so you've really not only just had that community, but that ease of integration. And so it seems like it's been well-received from the local community. What, what has that been like? What is, what's the impact been like for Madeira since uh, bringing all these remote workers in and, and how is it being received? What's, what's that like? I think it's important to say that it was well-received because it was well-prepared. Meaning before we just come here, we spoke with all the local entrepreneurs. And I mean, all like door to door, hello, I'm Gonzalo. We are doing this, this and this. Digital nomads are this, this kind of people. They are looking for this. And small things like, for example, well, it looks like 20 to 25% of our community have us to be vegetarians or vegans which is not great if you come to Portugal. We love our meat, we love our fish. So most of the restaurants don't have or didn't have um, a vegetarian option. And now they all have a vegetarian option. Uh, the prices of the houses here, they never met students, they never met people that rent places per room. And the prices were for normal Airbnb tourists for a short term. So we had to educate them on what are the prices that digital nomads are willing to pay and what is the flexibility we want, how long we stay, what can they offer, the internet, for example, amazing upgrades on all the local internet. So there was a huge work on preparing all the local businesses. So when first they get the most money from it also, of course, but also on the other side that the nomads have what they are looking for in a nomad destination. And it really helps that I am a nomad and not just some government trying to attract people. So that part was really, really, really well prepared. We had a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of troubles, uh, making sure we really educated the local community. And to be honest, that paid off. And that's just it. Like when the locals came, when the nomads came, there was vegetarian options everywhere. There was restaurants. They knew they, they can work from the cafes and from the restaurants. And they are really, really welcome there, which I love to work from cafes. Sometimes it's like a gray area. Can I work here? Can can I? And no, here they are welcome. Everybody's welcoming and they embrace it. Sometimes the quirk is full. People just go for the cafes. You can watch the ocean. It's really cool. The impact, of course, in the village. Imagine we have around 150 people here in the village. So basically, the center is basically as every single day. I came here in December, restaurants were completely empty. Right now, the restaurants are full most of the day. Uh, the same for everything else, supermarkets. And yeah, we are very, very welcome because the, the economic impact is huge. We are now going to the second stage of the impact and we want to have also the big social impact. So now we are starting to work with NGOs and other people to actually create events to help the locals. The first one, well, we did the beach cleanup. I think that's the basic that everybody do. But for example, we have a dog shelter, animal shelter, shelter that we will help on taking the pictures to all the animals. They are very bad at digital marketing. It hurts my eyes. So we are still going there, taking uh, pictures to the guys, making sure there is, um, they go to social media, we will walk the dogs and everything. Uh, we will do a week of, uh, we will collect food from the whole village for a week and making sure that the numbers know where to give the, the food. So, this is the second part where we really want to give back and nomads giving back from Tarek is a big inspiration from this. We really want to give back to the community. And of course, when they see the, these guys are not just tourists, that these guys, at least part of them, really want to make an effort to give back to the community, that they are willing to go to the schools, talk about remote work, that they are willing to go clean up the beaches, walk the dogs. 
make events for, we are planting 2021 trees, hopefully in May, which is insane. And all this adds up to the, the, the perspective that the locals have from nomads. Uh, and this is very important. We don't want to be the advisors. We want to make sure that we are really well integrated and that the community understand us. And if there is any issue, and of course there will always be issues, if there is any issue that we can really work on that fast to make sure it's worked out and everybody understands each perspectives. And this is, the, again, the community manager is key for all this to happen. Yeah, it really seems like you've taken a very collaborative approach instead of just ushering in a ton of digital nomads to take over this small town and the locals like, what's going on? Uh, I think it's really amazing that you're working together collectively so that it can really be win-win. You know, the restaurants are full now. Um, like you've said, there's been consistency in dealing with COVID with just that curfew and still thrive and have people coming into this town um, and not and having the locals feel like it's not just being taken over and really leaving an impact and, and making it a positive experience for not only the remote workers and digital nomads, but the local community too. So what is Madeira like? Because it is beach town. Is it, It's on the beach. You, you talked about a beach. Like, what is it like in the town? What can people expect in terms of coming there? What is it like? Well, for Americans and people in North America, it's a cheap Hawaii, meaning people say, I have the Americans selling that, it's not me, I've never been to Hawaii, but people here, people, Americans that came here say, well, it really looks like Hawaii, but 10 times cheaper. Uh, so it's like the only place I know where, from the co-working space, you can go to the ocean in two minutes walking, and you can go to the mountains and be very high in the mountains in five minutes. So, and when I'm in the mountains, like amazing green nature, 85% of the island is protected. So there is this amazing hikes uh, everywhere, full of green, full of waterfalls. I did a hike with more than 25 waterfalls. And yeah, it's just a lot of nature, to be honest, nature activities, and then the ocean. So you have the best of the two worlds. You can literally walk in the nature 1,500 meters high, doing amazing hike there and go finish the day swimming in the ocean. And there is not many places where you can do both in the same day. And then there is the whole Portuguese culture. Like the food is amazing, super cheap. The lunch menu here is eight euros with drinks. We can include a glass of wine, for example, eight euros for the full meal with wine and 10 euros if you want the desserts and coffee. And the prices are insane. And all that together just makes it, in my opinion, one of the best places around the world to be. But definitely in Europe, uh, there is no parallel to the offer of nature plus ocean that we have here. Probably the same with Hawaii. I don't know it that well, but it looks like it's a similar case. Yeah, that's incredible. Not a lot of these digital nomad hotspots, a lot of them are bigger cities. And what I love about this is for me personally, I love the beach, I love nature, and to have more options of going to a place like that, it sounds, it sounds beautiful. It sounds amazing. There is more than 200 hikes, official hikes from the government that are taken care of by the government. And there is more than 200. So we pretty much have one per day to do uh, while you are here. <laughs> That's amazing. And so if somebody is interested in coming there, what should they know? Do they they apply for the visa ahead of time? What's the process for somebody that wants to come? As of now, uh, because the Schengen zone is still closed uh, to everyone outside the Schengen zone. So if you're in the Schengen zone, you can just fly here. Uh, you can do the, tw the test before and show it here or on arrival. It's quite simple. You should go to digitalnomads.startupmadera.eu, register there. Everything is free. 
Uh, so we just register, make sure we know how many people are coming and we can help them. When you re register, you have access to our Slack channel. Um, on the Slack channel, you can ask all the questions. You can, connect, you, can connect, you can connect with the people that are already here and ask questions, see how it's like, see the crazy events we have. We have, that's the second bell. We have around five events per day and I'm not joking. So we have around five events per day around here only, more the ones in Funchal, the main city. Uh, from yoga, CrossFit, salsa dancing, it's insane. So go there, register. If you're not from the Schengen zone, you would have to apply for a D7 visa, other type of visa that will be a little bit more complicated. I do think that the Schengen zone will reopen by the end of May, so we'll see that out. The project will continue, will stop for the summer because it's high season in Europe. And of course the locals need to get money from the tourists instead, and that's completely okay. We should balance it out, but we'll be back in October. So even if you cannot come until the end of June, where this first pilot project ends, please uh, think about October. We will continue being here. The community will continue. We'll open more places around the island with different proposals from kitesurf, from surfing, uh, from the nature, being in a village, being in a bigger city. We have all these around. Uh, just go to the website, keep yourself updated. And you can also come here for six months with a D7 visa from Portugal. But we, unfortunately, not like Estonia, we don't have a remote work visa. I'm really, really pushing as hard as I can the Portuguese government. I don't think the guys can stand me anymore. But hey, uh, sometimes you need to be like this to get something done by the government. And this is a national government. Like Madeira government told, told me, if, if it was for us, I would have this done yesterday. But it's national, so there is nothing we can do. But we are making a lot of pressure to have at least a remote work visa that allow anyone in the world to come here, regardless of nationality. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think even just with what you've started, you're showing the impact, how it can really work in a collaborative way, how it can really be a benefit to the economy. And I think if anything, that's just going to help build your case to get the government on board too. So what do you, what do you feel or what's your vision for these, I guess, digital nomad cities moving forward? Do you, what's your predictions in terms of what this looks like moving forward? Um, are there any other countries you have in mind or pl specific places where you want to bring digital nomads to? How do you see this panning out in the future? So I, I think I'll, I have a lot of proposals, a lot of governments on the table, which is always fun, to be honest. Uh, so when it starts very small, like I did. Uh, so I, would, I, want to, I will continue with Madara. I just confirm at least more three years I'll be here as a consultant and we'll see the future. And so I want to expand to more places in Madara. Madara has actually two islands. The second one is a white sand beach island, smaller, that's completely empty on the winter. So we can actually do some fun events there. For example, I will do a five-day nomad uh, exploration, something like that, nomad experience uh, on the island called Port Sands. And the idea here in Madara is like to develop and create more hotspots because not everybody's into a small southern community. Some people may be into the nature. So we'll have a hotspot in the nature, a hotspot next to the surf destination in Madara and create these all different experiences. That's the future in Madara. I just, it went well, let's grow it. And then yes, more countries. And there is one country specifically that I'm watching for three years now that I think has the biggest opportunity in the world. And it's pretty much confirmed as of now. So I will be probably working with Cape Verde. Cape Verde is a country with eight islands in the coast of Africa, on the coast of Senegal, if I'm correct. And those guys are just one of the most beautiful places in the world, completely underdeveloped, just very massive tourists uh, in big hotels going there, no impact. So I think that will be the next huge nomad destination. They have direct flights from the US 
direct flights from Brazil and direct flights from Europe. So they can this be this huge hotspot, even for people from outside the Schengen zone that come to Madeira to then have to renew for three months the place anywhere else. So imagine spending the, the winter in the African island with crazy white sand and everything you would like, like, like a little bit like a Thailand island, like more, more sand, a little bit more desert than Thailand, but very focused on the beach. They have, for example, the world champion of kitesurf has a kitesurf school there and there is all these really cool activities that we as nomads would maybe enjoy i would love to learn kitesurf so hopefully cape verde will be one of the big countries coming in the competition for digital nomads but i think we'll see more and more competition i think that's the future i think most of the countries understand what is digital nomadism now they didn't and you did a great job uh, with estonia for example to help uh Estonia understand what are digital nomads how they can win why is it important etc and they understand but i think now we'll see more countries in the competition. We have Croatia launching the Nomad Visa. We have Greece looking into it. Things are a little bit slower in Greece. Georgia making a great work uh, also on that arena. And Asia, I didn't see much value, but much value, no much effort yet. I think they will, but things are slower because first they have to solve the whole, the huge health uh, problem with COVID. I think we'll see more and more of them coming into play. But then I think South America and Africa, to be honest, I think South America and Africa will be the biggest winners of the pandemic. And the ones that work well will just thrive and africa land of opportunities without any doubt cape verde will be just the first stop but south america with all the conditions they have i'm thinking brazil argentina panama i think we'll see particularly brazil and argentina and more the south of the south america have huge opportunities lots of problems lots of work in front of them but if they work well if they focus in communities instead of focusing on visas and just focusing like we are a very hard sell to be honest digital nomads are probably the worst and the most difficult market in the world we we demand a lot of information we demand a lot of things but the impact is also very well so it's very hard to sell to a digital nomad you cannot convince me with a facebook ad to go anywhere in the world you have to convince me with the community do you have a great community so if once for one side we'll see all these places competing for digital nomads on the other side i believe that 95 percent will completely fail because they'll believe that nomad visas and, and again nomad visas are important but only when you have a community only when you have a very strong background like please come here we have the visa for you because we have these communities where you can jump in this is the key so nomad visas great idea missing the rest of the work it's not about nomad visas and instagram ads and speaking at conferences you need now to create communities and you'll see a huge fight all around the globe and I think the biggest winners again, South America, Africa, and hopefully even the, the area where I am right now, which is called Macaronesia, which is Azores, Madeira, Canary Islands, and Cape Verde, they are all part of this extra peripheral region. And I think they will also be huge winners of the whole pandemic and of the whole war for digital nomads. Right? It's so strange because everybody <laughs> didn't really see that this was like a real thing. And now everyone's fighting to attract digital nomads. But it seems like a lot of countries, like you said, have sort of been with this mindset, oh, crap, our economy has been impacted by COVID. We need to bring people here. Ah, okay, let's try to get remote workers as opposed to being proactive and embracing and, and creating that community. It seems like it's been more of a like a transactional business approach to stimulate their economy when really, like you said, community is huge for digital nomads and so important. And, and I love that you're, you know, forecasting and seeing the, I guess, the diversity in, in terms of locations and spots to really just 
um, keep things interesting for, for remote workers. And I'm really excited to see this pan out. Um, and especially Africa, um, you know, Panama, all these places, like it sounds incredible. I, there's been so many places I've wanted to go, but I'm like, okay, it's not really set up for digital nomads. So that's going to be a vacation spot. So it's really incredible to see this growing. So what are you focusing? What is your main focus now? Is there anything else that you're, that you're working on that you want to share? I know you've, you've been You've been a very busy person over these years, Gonzalo. <laughs> well, that's hard, really. Like, so I really wanted to help companies. I believe that we should change companies to allow to people to have more remote jobs and help people out also in your huge mission, which is getting more people to work remotely and combine basically forces with you. You'll help people, I'll help the companies and we can all do this together. And we had amazing examples. So for example, I was invited to co-organize Running Remote, the biggest remote conference in the world. And it was like, I'm a, def I'm a fan of all those guys and they invited me to hang out with them. That's how I felt. I was invited to hang out with the cool kids. And the crazy thing just between us is that the cool kids think I'm one of them, which is completely insane. So I have like guys I worship calling me and treating me like one of them. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I want to keep, I will push, I'll keep pushing on. I think I just divided myself in two, to be honest. On one side, I have my B2B side, which I will still help companies. I still have Remote Europe, which is a job board for Europeans uh, to find remote jobs because I was this thing about some websites where it's just US only in small letters, which I hated. And actually just because of that, I created EU only. It's just to piss uh, everybody off. And well, it's taking off. And then I have Remote Portugal, I have the conferences. I'm organizing a new conference called coming soon. The, the, the Nomad World which should be completely inside. And we went really to help more people to start this lifestyle, which you are part of it. And yeah, just a lot of things happening. So now I'm dividing myself into two or into several ones. One helping more companies, helping more the culture that should have should be developed in companies. It's not just about installed Zoom and hope for the best. There's a whole culture, a whole synchronous communication, a whole documentation that needs to be done for things to work out and for people to have fun while working remotely. On the other side, I really love to work with destinations and I'm having a blast uh, developing Madara. I, I really think I can change or I can help change Cape Verde in, in three to five years with remote work, not just digital nomadism, but nomadism plus education plus impact. I think we can change. So my next big challenge and the thing that keeps me awake at night is do, can I change a whole country with digital nomadism and remote work? Uh, so this is what I am really excited for. Like we changed Madara uh, forever, for sure. And we well, want to keep the work here, but is it possible to change a whole country with digital nomadism? I don't know the answer, but I will find out in the next three years. And that keeps me awake every day. <laughs> That's amazing. And I have no doubt that it's possible. And I have no doubt that it will be multiple countries that you have an impact for. And it's so great to see because it's exciting for remote workers because it gives us more options, but it's really exciting for these unrecognized locations and countries where you can really stimulate that economy and just have this collaborative approach that you've already done. So it's not like we're just going in and taking over, but really working with local communities and embracing that and just allowing their economies to thrive, which you've just done here. Like if you said, like all these restaurants in Madeira are, are full right now when everyone else is in lockdown and Portugal's all over the place with this um, and you've given and helped support that consistency there. 
Amazing. Um, so Gonzalo, how can everybody um, find you and, and keep in touch with everything that you've been up to and everything that you have going on? I think the best place is still LinkedIn. I think that's the only social media I really answer everyone and I try to be as active as possible because I think it's a very good platform to share knowledge. And this is, I'm, I'm a weird digital nomad. I'm very bad on Instagram. Uh, so I'm really more into sharing knowledge and sharing impact and inspiring people to follow this movement. So LinkedIn is the best place to follow me. You can invite me. I'll be happy then to speak with you. And if you want to try to follow me on the, on the Instagram, I try to post sometimes. It's Gonzu Hall. So G-O-N-Z-O-H-A-L-L. And of course, if you want to come to Madara, digitalnomads.startupmadara.eu and the nomadworld.com will also take off very soon. Just Google it when you hear this because it will be it will be big and it will be very, very fun as well. So yeah, that's a, there's a lot of things happening, but LinkedIn is still the best platform to reach out to me. Amazing. Gonzalo, thank you so much for joining us. It's so exciting to hear about everything you have going on and the impact that you're having for the digital nomad communities, for all the local communities and I'm just so excited to see how this all continues to evolve. You've done so much. You've had such an impact for digital nomads pushing this movement forward. And I'm just, it's, it's been so incredible and you've been such a voice and a leader for the digital nomad community. And I'm just so excited to continue to see all of these incredible things that you do and the impact that you have for the, the community. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Kate. And again, you are part of the inspiration for all this, to be honest. Uh, you are the OG that inspired me. And I was just listening to your content and seeing your videos and participating in the webinars. So you are a big part of all this. So if there is a consult today, you are a huge part of it. Thank you so much for all the work doing, you did in the last five years, I guess. Like there is so much time and so much effort put into it, so much inspiration that you are putting into the world. So I, will, I would also take the time in your own podcast to appreciate you because you are on this for a long time and i really appreciate all the work you are putting into it that's amazing thank you so much i appreciate that thanks gonzalo thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the remote nomad podcast be sure to subscribe on spotify apple podcasts and other streaming services so you don't miss an episode share this episode with a friend so they too can learn how to create more freedom and show your support by leaving us a review so we can reach even more people who are passionate about the remote work movement in the meantime, you can find me over on Instagram at The Remote Nomad, where I share more tips and insights into landing a remote job. That's it for today. I'm your host and remote career coach, Kate Smith. Thanks for listening.